This is the Affirm America podcast, where we stand up and speak out affirming American excellence. Coming to you deep in the heart of the Midwest, located in an undisclosed log cabin on the outskirts of town, your host, Marquis Vandemark. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Affirm America podcast on this Thursday, February the 23rd, 2023. Well, we're going to get up into the 70s today here in the Midwest. While there's blizzards all across the Northwest and the Midwest, we're going to be in the 70s, and this is February. I'm not complaining. How about you? Is it cold where you're at? Hey, thanks for joining us on the Affirm America podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, drop your email address in there. We'll send you out your daily updates of top five news headlines. Let's start off with headline number five. Seattle to pay $3.65 million to Chaz business owners. Post-millennial. The city of Seattle has agreed to pay $3.650 million in damages to business owners who brought suit after the deadly 2020 Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, known as CHAZ, damaged their business, property, and violated their constitutional rights. The group had originally been seeking $2.9 million. King 5. In a statement, plaintiff attorney Angelo Calfo said residents and businesses will be compensated for the city's mishandling of CHOP that resulted in a significant increase in crime and even loss of life. Additionally, Calfo said the lawsuit exposed a cover-up that high-ranking officials destroyed text communications. All right, so in Seattle, we all watched as... The radical leftists, the Antifa types, the anarchists took over downtown Seattle and created a whole summer of crime and disruption of businesses. It's the far leftists' ideas. Even the, even the mayor of Seattle was in on it, calling it the summer of love, which it was nothing to do with love. It was violence and death and destroyed businesses and their property, cost them tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars in lost business revenue. And now the, uh, the lawsuit has put the pressure on them, and now they have to pay up $3.65 million. That's a good thing. And I hope that's a message to all these radical leftist Democrats that are running cities, that when you allow for crime to run rampant without keeping law and order, then this is exactly what you get. So let it be a message. Let it uh, send a message to all the Democratic far leftist cities, mayors that think that defunding the police and allowing for the criminals to run wild, uh, you're going to have to pay the price. And I hope more of this happens. I hope more restitution, more compensation to these businesses that uh, were destroyed. And there were lots of them all across Minneapolis and Minnesota, Philadelphia, Seattle, Portland, just a complete mess. And I hope that we can learn from our mistakes. All right, headline number four. Parental nightmare. Children's mental health declines as social media use skyrockets. The American conservative. Social media is causing serious harm to our kids and parents are struggling to protect them. 
A recent report found that 80% of parents, regardless of political affiliation, want parental consent required before a minor opens a social media account, and 77% want parents to have administrator-level access to their kids' online activities. However, parents alone can't address this problem, and current federal laws are not up to the task. Teens are more depressed and anxious than ever before, and nearly three in five teen girls felt persistent sadness in 2021, with one in three considering suicide. Predators and harmful content are also a major concern. Sadly, current laws such as COPA and Section 230 are inadequate in protecting children online. This is where Congress needs to step up and find solutions that truly protect our kids. We need to protect our kids from social media and ensure they grow up in a safe and healthy environment. All right, so a lot of this stuff's been coming out, especially on Facebook, what they do, how they manipulate and create engagement using algorithms, using psychological techniques to engage people and to create monetization and to keep them on social media. It's very destructive. We can see the results. There needs to be some reckoning. Congress needs to step in, figure this out, because it's going to destroy an entire generation of our young people. When you think about the percentages of young teens that feel sadness and want to commit suicide, you know there's something going on there that is nefarious, something that is not healthy emotionally and spiritually for our kids. So with all the benefits of social media and the internet, there are some definite downsides. And this is just one example of how social media is the negative side of uh, its development and how it's being used. So Facebook, uh, YouTube videos, the culture, there needs to be some way in which this can be regulated and put into a position where it's not harmful, but only uplifting and positive messaging for our children. All right, headline number three, the latest insanity. Rolling Stone magazine celebrates cancel culture as good for democracy. Rolling Stone, in an article for Rolling Stone, Ernest Owens argues that cancel culture is a powerful tool for democracy, allowing the marginalized to hold the powerful accountable. Owens explains that cancel culture is not a new phenomena, but a more accessible way for people to call out unacceptable behavior. Cancel culture has helped level the playing field by holding bigots accountable under the First Amendment and has led to greater public accountability. Owens argues that opponents of cancel culture are not opposed to free speech, but to accountability. Cancel culture has empowered individuals and led to increased civic engagement, which is particularly important at a time when voting rights are under threat. Owens believes that cancel culture is a tool for democracy that should be embraced and used to affect positive change. Well, there's a lot of problems with this uh, idea, this cancel culture, because who, who is the arbitrator of what's right and what's wrong? That's where it gets into the gray area when it comes to cancel culture. So if someone doesn't agree with your political views, then you would be canceled. Well, who, who is the arbitrator of whose political views are correct? That, does, that, that opposes free speech. 
or it could be in as far as gender issues go. I think the, the vast majority of the American people believe that there are only two genders, yet the far left has a, a list of, uh, last time I saw, I think, 63 different uh, gender identities, which is insanity. So are you going to be canceled if uh, you don't fit into one of those ideas of what is acceptable? So it's a, it's a slippery slope, and it goes on and on. It gets into sexuality and lesbianism and the gay movement. And if you oppose that, then you're canceled or racist, if you're considered a racist. And now white supremacy is considered racist, and they want to cancel that. Well, that's, that's uh, an entire race that you're trying to cancel. So that's the problems with the cancel culture is who's the arbitrator of what's right and what's wrong. Free speech is opposed to that. You just leave the channels open, let people speak, let everybody, regardless of what you believe is right as far as what they're saying, and that's what free speech is all about. You, you need to keep it as open as you can, and if you don't agree with it, you just either negate it or you just uh, don't listen to it, but you don't cancel it. You do not cancel it. That is not right, and people have lost their jobs, their careers, over the cancel culture, so it has to go. All right, headline number two. Mask mandates were a bust, says rigorous study. From the New York Times, a new study published by the British nonprofit Cochrane has found that mask mandates, including N95 masks, make no difference in reducing the spread of respiratory illnesses, including COVID-19. The study analyzed 78 randomized controlled trials with a total of 610,872 participants in multiple countries. The conclusions contradict the initial studies that persuaded policymakers to impose mask mandates. States with mask mandates fared no better against COVID than those without, the study found. The mainstream experts and pundits who supported mandates were wrong, and those skeptics who opposed them were right. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, is criticized for its adherence to its masking guidance, which undermining the trust required for it to operate as an effective public institution. The Cochrane Report should be the final nail in this particular coffin. Seth Lesbian, patriotic duty. President Biden politicized and ideologicalized mask wearing, with that phrase dozens of times as he waved it around and around in an ignorant display and lesson in how not to. Doubters or skeptics were shamed and shamed. Okay, so that's your definitive there. That's a pretty big sampling, a pretty big study. A lot of uh, those who were in the know who looked at all the data came up to that conclusion a long time ago that the masks just don't work. But the mainstream media and the White House were pushing this, the CDC, that masks were the way to go. And it's destroyed an entire generation of young people, especially the very young that were wearing masks because they couldn't see people's expressions, their smiles, their faces. And it was very destructive emotionally and spiritually for young people, especially in the kindergarten through the first, second, third grades when they're very much in their developmental stages and their faces were covered by these masks. 
and it just doesn't work. So it just, it's just it was just absurd, and everybody was being forced and shamed if they didn't wear them and criticized. We saw all the news articles. Even some people were arrested. They didn't have a mask on. So this is the dangers that we have when the administrative state, when a country locks people down, imposes their ideas on the mass public. So this study, I hope, is the, as they said, the nail in the coffin for masks. And uh, I hope that people get back to normal and just don't wear them anymore because they're definitely ineffective. All right, headline number one. Trump visits East Palestine, brings hope, and donates supplies. From the Daily Wire, former President Donald Trump visited East Palestine, Ohio, on Wednesday afternoon and criticized President Joe Biden over his lack of attention toward the small Rust Belt community as citizens grapple with the recent train derailment and subsequent chemical fallout. Trump toured the town alongside Senator J.D. Vance, Republican from Ohio, and criticized his successor during a press conference held with local officials. Quote, I sincerely hope that when your representatives and all of the politicians get here, including Biden, they get back from touring Ukraine, that he's got some money left over, end quote. The former commander-in-chief told residents, citing Biden's secret visit to the war-torn nation on Monday. The Biden administration should ensure that every family has the option of moving and homes and everything else until this thing is straightened out. To the people of East Palestine and to the nearby communities in Ohio and Pennsylvania, we have told you loud and clear, you are not forgotten, he commented. We stand with you, we pray for you, and we will stay with you. All right, so that's exactly how a leader uh, should act. Donald Trump, regardless of what you think about him, his tactics, his character traits, his actions are what count, not what he says, but what he does. And his actions are right on. This is this should have been done a long time ago. The Biden administration has just uh, not even come out and said much. And the fact that he went to Ukraine rather than visiting Ohio first, he probably should have done that first. The messaging, the optics are not good. And this uh, transportation administrator, Pete Buttigieg isn't any better. In fact, he's probably worse, very arrogant. And now he's showing up there today, I believe, after Trump made his visit. So that's what you have with the Biden administration. You want to see what a leader looks like? Then look at Donald Trump. All right, those are your top five headlines for this Thursday. Thanks for joining us on the Affirm America podcast. And we'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. See you then. This is the Affirm America podcast with your host, Marquis Vandemark. And let's never forget, America is great and we affirm it.